0: Well, I'm so glad you're here today. Last week we had a ton of snow and ice kind of on the ground here in Southeast Kansas, and uh, I did something this week that was uh, good for my soul. I went out and washed my car. Anybody else out there washed their car this week? Come on, it's a good feeling. Some of you haven't. Our ushers, our our parking team, they're there washing, writing wash me all over your windshields right now. Y'all need to get with it. Wash your car. It's a good feeling. What's interesting is that uh, just something as simple as a little bit of water, when it works through those pressurized uh, kind of pressure washers, if you will, has enough force to wash away and clean away all of the dirt, the grime, the stuff that gets caked on to your vehicle, all of the dirt and the dust from the roads, all that pe- cakes on, cakes on week after week, driving, driving. It has a way of just washing it and knocking it off because water... When in the right uh, uh, environment or even in the right, um, like, pressure water can do something incredibly powerful, water is a very transformative thing. You know, we've been in this series entitled Seeds, and it's kind of been our theme and our word for their year, and uh, we've been exploring kind of the process and the different steps that we need to take for things to kind of flourish and grow in our lives, and We said in the very beginning that God wants your life to flourish. Those of you in this room and those of you watching right now on live stream or later on demand on our YouTube channel, God wants your life to flourish this year. But if it's going to flourish, we have to start at the beginning of the process. And we said in week number one of this series that the first step is you've got to cultivate the ground. And we said that we've got to cultivate our hearts, and we do that in times of prayer when we spend time personally praying, it begins to cultivate our heart. So that last week we looked at uh, week two and we said that you've got to not only just cultivate the ground, but you've actually got to take the seed and plant it in the ground. No harvest will come if you never plant the seed. And we said that the way you plant the seed is by recognizing first that the seed is God's word. And you plant that seed in your heart when you begin to apply... Or obey God's word. God's word is the seed. And you put it in the ground every day that you choose to apply it and live and act on it and obey it. That's really when transformation can really begin because it goes into the ground. But today I want to talk to you about the third step in this process is you've got to water the seed. You've got to water the seed. In fact, when water hits the seed and it gets down into the soil where you've planted that seed, when water gets in, it has a way of washing out. This powerful way of water washes out the coating on the seed, this coating that has been protecting the seed. But the water washes away this coating and it begins to allow the seed to be activated so it actually can start to grow roots and start to produce something underground. But it all starts because you make a decision not just to cultivate the ground, not just to plant the seed in the ground, but to water it. There is a place in, uh, out west, primarily in California, uh, called Death Valley. Anybody heard about Death Valley? Death Valley looks a little bit like this. I've got a picture here for you. Death Valley is said to be the driest and hottest place on the, in the U.S. Nobody really lives there. Because who wants to live in hell? Not me. Right? Like, it is hot, hot, hot. Right? Like, nothing lives there. And they don't really think anything could ever grow there because the climate and the environment and the soil, it is so incredibly dry. So incredibly dry. They, they don't even get a full inch or half inch of rain annually. Like, no rainfall hardly at all. So nothing really grows until 2004 when this weather phenomenon happened in death valley and in one period of time they got six inches of rain and what looked like dry desert had what they experienced what they're calling a super bloom and it transferred into this look at this picture all of these flowers begin to bloom in death valley Beautiful sunflowers, different flowers that would start to grow and it was just this beautiful thing. They started calling it a super bloom because just rain hit this ground and all of a sudden things started to bloom and blossom. What what does that have to do with your life and my life? Here's what it has. They thought everything in Death Valley was dead. It actually was just dormant waiting for a little water to hit to activate what was already in the ground. When you plant the seed of God's word in your life, you plant it underground, you kind of bury it. But I came to tell you, there is a difference between being buried and being planted. You bury dead bodies, but you plant living seeds what in your life looks dead, I've come to tell you perhaps it's not dead, it's just dormant waiting for the water to hit the ground. The marriage that you thought was dead, maybe it's just dormant and needs a little water. The child that isn't following God that you so desperately want to follow God, maybe it's not a dead cause, maybe it's just dormant seed waiting to be activated. Maybe that entrepreneurial dream that you've had of this business and this thing, it looks dead, it looks, there's no life to it. I've come to declare that maybe, just maybe, it's not that it's dead, maybe it's just dormant and it needs a little water like Death Valley. The potential for something life-giving is already there. The potential for something beautiful in your life The story of your life, it's already there. It just needs a little bit more water because it's not dead, it's just dormant. Did you know that there are over 7,000 promises in God's word? 7,700, over 7,700 promises in scripture. Seeds just waiting to be activated and seen in your life. Waiting to produce something in your life. There are promises in God's word as it relates to your children, promises in God's word as it relates to your marriage, promises in God's word as it relates to your finances. Promises in God's word as it relates to your health. Promises in God's word as it relates to your mental faculties. Promises in God's word as it relates to your emotional well-being. Promises in God's word as it relates to your work. Your jobs, your skills, your talents, your abilities, promises in God's word about your community, your neighborhood, the nation. There are promises in God's word already there, they're dormant, waiting to be activated. So many of us aren't experiencing the promises of God in our lives, not because the promises are bad. We talked about that last week. There's nothing wrong with the seed, the seed works. When it's planted in the right ground. And you water it. You can plant a seed in the ground all you want. It's going to stay dormant until it gets activated by some water. I've come to let you know that you water the seeds that you planted with your words. Your words are the water that you pour out onto the seeds and promises of God's word that you planted. The things that you planted, the things that you've been believing for, the, the things that you think God has been speaking to your life, the promises that are there are activated when your words align and declare what God has already said. It's activated in that way. Let's, let's look at it. Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah 55 is kind of our, our main text today, and this section of scripture is one of my absolute favorites. It's been really Uh, pivotal for me personally in my own life as I've kind of tried to grow and mature in my life, as I've seen God flourish some things in my life. Isaiah 55 is one of those chapters in Scripture that I keep going to again and again that God has used to speak to me, some promises that he's given to me. And and it's one of my favorites, but I want to read just a a few verses out of it this morning to kind of help us understand how uh, our words are the water that we need to use to water our, our, our seeds, the things that God has said. we start Isaiah 55, starting in verse 9. This is what it says. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts, God says, are higher. They're different. They're in a different stratosphere of thinking, a different perspective and viewpoint than what yours are. As the rain comes down and the snow comes down from heaven, and it does not return without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish. In other words, every time rain falls from the sky, it's watering the earth. Every time. Every time rain comes down, it's watering the earth. And God is saying that just like the rain would fall and the snow would fall, it doesn't evaporate again without first watering the earth, making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed to the sower. We're going to talk about that phrase later on in this series. So that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. Everybody say mouth so is my word that comes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purposes for which I sent it. I want you to notice that God was saying it's not just that his word has been read. It's not just that his word has been written down. But it is that his word not only has been written down, not only has been read, but it is the word that comes out of the mouth that actually is like the rain that comes down. Why? Because the written word of God, the the written things in God's word, that is the seed. But it is when your words speak in alignment with God's word that you actually begin to water the seed that you planted. Your words are the water that water the seed that you planted. Words are really powerful, like water. Words have an ability to reshape our thoughts. Your words reshape your thoughts. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse two. It says, don't conform to the pattern of the world the negativity that the world has, the pessimism that the world has, the the political uh, struggle that the world is having, the, the consumerism that the world has, the selfishness, the anxiety, the stress. Don't get caught up in patterning your life just like the world. Instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We read last week how Jesus said that if you hear God's word and you put it into practice, You're the one, you're building your life on something solid, on something rock solid. Here we read in Romans 12 that he's saying not only are the words important, but you've got to to understand that words have a way of reshaping and transforming your mind. In other words, if you want your life to be different, you've got to start thinking differently. You've got to start thinking differently. If you want to start thinking differently, though, you've got to take it a step back and recognize you've got to speak differently. Why? Because your speech formulates your thoughts. It reshapes your thoughts. It redoes it. Here he says you've got to transform your life by renewing your mind. We read in Joshua 1 where he says you've got to meditate on God's word day and night. Then you're going to find success. Then your life is going to flourish. This word meditating is one that you see in scripture. It's uh, a biblical concept. Uh, And this idea of meditating or mindfulness, when you read about it in scripture, what it's really talking about is this idea of murmuring or muttering to yourself again and again and again. Not talking loudly so other people can hear but saying something enough so you can hear it externally in your ears and that continual repetitive nature of murmuring and muttering and saying it again and again and again, that's what transforms your thinking. Why? Because your words begin to reshape and retrain your thinking. Changes how you think. If you if your thinking is stinking, change your speaking. I don't know that I could say that again. (laughs) If your thinking is stinking, change how you're speaking. It's, It's your words that begin to reshape your thoughts because you can't say something and be thinking something different. Your thoughts always follow what comes out of your mouth. And I want you to understand that God is trying to get us to understand that Paul is writing to Romans, and he, Romans 12, and he's telling us today, listen, if you want to see your life transformed, if you really want to see something flourish in your life, you've got to change how you think. And you can't change how you think without meditating, without speaking to yourself. Until you change how you talk, you won't change how you think. So your words, they reshape. Your thoughts. Have you ever, I don't know if you knew this or not, but the consistent flow of water has a way of reshaping how a rock is shaped. Has a way of changing the formation. It's like the, the, the more a stream rushes over a rock, that constant flowing begins to reshape and chip away and create a new formation within those rocks. What does that mean? Your words are like water. And they can reshape your thoughts. Some of us are really hard-headed. I mean, it's just firm. You ain't, but you've been firm and you've got a hard head as it relates to something, but your, your perspective is wrong. You've been believing the wrong thing about your life, your abilities, your, uh, your potential. You've been believing wrong about your marriage, about your health, about the society that we live in. You've gotten hard-headed in a direction and some of you aren't thinking the way God thinks and you need to let the water of your words speaking God's word reshape and not away and make smooth again some of the hard-headed things that you've been doing in your life. Stuck, and you're not sure why it's not producing life because your words have to have to water it i want to be real clear on this thinking about something reading about something is not the same as talking about it hearing god's word reading god's word listening to messages about god's word is not the same thing as you personally declaring God's word. See, when, when you hear God's word, I've got a, a plant up here, uh, and I've got a watering can, and uh, when you hear God's word, what, what ends up happening is you're hearing God's word, and you are getting filled up with the truth, Right? You're getting filled up with what God has said. You're hearing the promises. You're hearing God's word. You're reading God's word. It is filling you up. That's great. You've got water in your reservoir, but that's not helping the plant. Thinking about it and hearing it isn't helping the seed that you planted, isn't helping what you've put in the ground. It's not until you pour it out from your mouth And you let the promises and the truth of what God has already said come out of your mouth. You begin to water the thing that has been planted. You water it when you open your mouth and speak what God has said. You open your mouth and let the truth pour out. You open your mouth and let the truth come out. You've got to speak because your words are reinforcing what you already believe in your heart. Your words have a way of reinforcing what you believe in your heart. Faith must speak. You must speak and talk and have conversation and and have a conversation style and talk like and sound like the promises that you're wanting to believe because your words reinforce what you believe. Some of you believe that God can't heal. Why? Why? Because you've talked about how God can't heal for so long, it's become a belief system rooted in your heart. Some of you don't believe God really has potential, has a plan for your life because you haven't seen that plan work out. The reality is you've never really submitted your plan to his plan. You've been working your plan hoping he's blessing your plan and your plan ain't worked out. You're just blaming him for it because you don't want to take the bust for it. I'm just saying God's plan is a good plan and when you renew your mind to his way, you will see his will is good, it is pleasing and it is well accepted. But, but we've been talking about things that have been reinforcing a belief system that isn't in alignment with what God has said. We keep describing the problem without talking about the solution. Your words matter. Your words are reshaping and reinforcing your belief system. And from your belief system, Scripture says, from the heart, the mouth speaks. And you've got to guard your heart because from your heart flow everything in your life. Now, I grew up in an environment that was... Uh, charismatic word of faith we could name it and claim it grab it and blab it with the best of them right we would name our dogs things like dollars so every time we said dollar come here we were bringing money into our life let me give us a word of caution here as it relates to your words let's not counterbalance if you will to some things the first thing I want you to understand is that your words aren't creating a new reality, but your words actually come in agreement with God's plan. You're not rubbing some genie in a bottle, saying whatever it is, red Porsche, red Porsche, red Porsche, I'm gonna have a red Porsche, I'm gonna have a red Porsche, I'm gonna have a red Porsche, and creating this red Porsche that's gonna come by some law of attraction bringing it into your life. It's not how it works. I think you have to be cautious in that. On the same token, I think we've got to be also aware that just because we say one thing that maybe doesn't line up with God's word, it doesn't mean you are doomed to death. I believe with all my heart, life and death are in your tongue. But just because you spoke a word of death doesn't mean all of a sudden God can't do anything about it. Really? God's not that big? Like God... God has to be bound by every single word that comes out of your mouth? I I don't think so. Do your words have an impact? Yeah, they impact your belief. They impact your thinking. And they water the seeds that you've planted in your life. Absolutely, with all of my heart, I believe that. I just happen to believe that we don't need to walk around policing other people's words Telling them, oh, that doesn't line up with God. You don't need to say that. Don't confess that over your life. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do that. Stop it. You're not the Holy Spirit. At the same time, we've got to understand that our words absolutely reinforce our beliefs. They water the seed of the truth that we've planted in our lives. They do matter. They do matter. They absolutely matter. But I want you to understand, there is... It's okay to talk about a reality. Faith does not deny reality. It just believes in a God who can change whatever circumstance you're in. You don't need to go around not admitting that you're sick. You've got 101 fever, you're coughing everywhere. Ain't nobody wanna come close to you. Don't be saying you're not sick, you sick. Go to the doctor. Don't dwell in the fact that you're sick, woe is me. It's always going to be I'm always sick, I'm always this not I ain't feeling well, but I believe in a God who can heal right here and right now. Like like I think we got to be willing to acknowledge the circumstance, acknowledge the situation, acknowledge the pain, acknowledge the weakness, but insert a big old but God. This is what I'm experiencing, but I got a God. I'm not any good at math right now, but I got a God who can give me the mind of Christ and help me knock out this algebra. Watch out, world, here I come. I'm dealing with some anxiety, but I got a God who promises to give me peace beyond my own comprehensive understanding. I just think we gotta be people who are willing to speak life, who are willing to recognize that our words are watering some seed. And they are shaping our thoughts and reinforcing our beliefs. And we are watering the word of God when our words speak God's word. So water the seeds you planted with your words. Here's the second big thought today. Really simple. Water the seeds of others with your words. Don't just water your seed, don't just water your life. Use your words to water the seed in somebody else's life, to water the potential in somebody else. Use your words to water the promise of God in somebody else's life, in your children, in your coworkers, in your neighbors, in your grandkids, watering the seed in other people with your words. I just think we need to speak more encouraging to one another than we are negativity to one another. If you're a part of Faith Church, if this is kind of your, your people, your group, can I just talk to you for a second? In other words, if this is your first time, feel free to like check the lineup for the Chiefs game. Put together your Pinterest food plan. That's fine. Just check out for just a minute. But if you're a part of Faith Church, can I, can I just admonish you for a minute as a, as, a, as a body? If the majority of your words and your conversations swirl with negativity, It's time you get a new filter. It's time you correct some of that thinking. If everything that comes out of your mouth is negative, impossible, pessimistic, stop it. Stop it. Don't let that swarm in your life. I believe we gotta be people that start speaking life in new ways. There's enough people around us There's enough people in our lives that are negative. There's enough people in our lives who are being talked harshly to all day long, verbally abused, verbally thrown up on, who have a low enough self-esteem. They don't need you piling on it and adding to it and reflecting it. I say we be a people that choose to water the potential, water the promise, water the purpose of somebody else's life with our words spoken to them and over them. I just say we become a a people of life-giving words. Every conversation ought to be full of encouragement, full of life to somebody else. Ephesians 4 verse 29 says, don't let anything unwholesome come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up. If you're not gonna build them up, don't do it. I think we, we need to chill with the gossip, chill with the criticism, chill with the negativity. I say we flip it around. I say we don't leave a conversation without dropping a compliment in somebody's life. I say we don't look somebody in the eye without trying to add value to who they are. I say we look at every conversation and make it a game. How many compliments can I drop on somebody before I walk away? I don't, I'm not saying lie to them. If they look like a hot mess, don't tell them they look beautiful. Just tell them they brightened your day because that you got to see them. You might be laughing on the inside at them, but they brightened your day. Find something good and kind and encouraging. Even when you've got to correct your kids, do it in a way that adds life to them, not berates them. Speak potential and possibility over a little life. Not impossibility, not negativity, not they can't and they won't. Every time I water my yard when it's spring and summertime, I always water my neighbor's yard a little bit. Add a little bit of extra water to their yards. Add a little extra fertilizer and try and help bring life to their yards. Why? Well, not only to be kind, but I just happen to believe that if I can help water their yard, that helps set the environment for a much healthy, healthier environment. I can't control every house in the neighborhood. I can't control everybody else's, but if I can do my part to help somebody else out, to help their life flourish, to help their yard grow and be a little more healthy, I'm gonna do it. Why, because often it's not the seed that is the problem, it's the environment in which the seed is planted. I'm just changing the environment around which my grass is growing. If they have less weeds in their yard, I'm gonna have less weeds in my yard. Do you know that the way you talk to the people around you, that when you walk in a room, when you walk into a conversation, when you walk into a meeting, when you walk into your classroom, you can change the atmosphere by how you're talking, by the words that you're saying. You can lift a room up or you can throw a wet blanket on the whole thing. Don't be a Debbie Downer. Being an encouraging Eddie. Be somebody that speaks life, speaks possibility, speaks hope, speak God can, not, not the impossible situation. No. We've got to use our words to change the environment. You know why? We invite and we welcome you to say Amen when you're in church. Some 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 people in our church that Amen. I make them sit on the front row so I can hear it you you know why we do that not because I need a cheerleader not because I need more energy I'm good with energy does it speak life to me yeah it sure does all the way around but you know what what um perfect thank you Carrie buzz is gone I didn't have to speak it into existence. It just happened on its own. You you know why we encourage people to say amen? Because the word amen means so be it or let it be. It's you recognizing, wait, that's true. I want that in my life. So when you're in this environment and you're saying amen, you're basically letting God know, hey, God, that's true. I want that in my life too. I want that to be true of me. Let it be in my life. Let it be in our lives. And when you're saying amen, somebody over here who doesn't recognize truth is like, oh, that must be true. Oh yeah, that's true. I want to believe that too. And your amen impacts their amen. It impacts their belief and their thoughts. And together we are finding encouragement and changing the atmosphere and the environment in this room. Why? Because we're people of faith and we're like, yeah, amen. I want that. We're using our words to water somebody else's seed. This week, I want to challenge you to do something. Your words, we know matter. We know our words are are what waters the seed in our lives that we've planted, the truth of God's word, the promises in scripture. Here's what I want you to do this week. I want you to use your words to remind yourself of God's word. I want you to use your words out loud to remind yourself of the promise of the truth of what God has said because his word is alive and when your words declare God's word it's like rain that comes down from the sky it can't help but water the earth can't help but water your life so I want you to declare God's word over your life this week on the central hub we have put together a card there that says quick scriptures. There are over a hundred scriptures that we've put together categorized by different topics that relate to the promise of God in that particular area. So we have some as it relates to depression. We have some as it relates to anxiety. We have some scriptures up there as it relates to financial provision, healing, uh, uh, your kids Your husbands Your wife uh, We've got We've got scriptures up there As it relates to To finances To your job To finding employment Scriptures that relates To all areas of your life I want you To pick one scripture this week One of those scriptures As it relates to a topic That matters to you Pick one And memorize it And meditate on it This week Every day Say it to yourself again And again, why? Because your words, when they declare God's word, it waters the seed of your life and it'll produce something. It's not a magic formula where it happens, I said it one time, God, let's go. I quoted the scripture once, God. Let's go, let's go, let's go. It's the consistency. Listen, one week of memorizing scripture isn't gonna undo 50 years of incorrect believing or living in your life. But the consistency of it, it matters. Produces something in your life. So find one scripture this week to memorize, to meditate to, out loud, declare to yourself. Use your words to declare God's word in your life. challenge you to do it this week. As I'm studying for this week, I... I stumbled across some research on some things that I, it's kind of weird I never thought I'd ever spend time reading articles about this particular thing and I knew that our bodies are a large percentage made of water like water is a huge part of our human anatomy I got to an article that was talking about how your body is designed to produce its own moisture and water in your mouth called saliva. God designed your body to make its own water. And saliva has a very distinct role and a purpose for your life. When you produce the correct amount of saliva, it protects your teeth, your gums, and your taste buds in your mouth. It it has a way of protecting from your mouth gathering disease. Because if there isn't enough moisture, disease and incorrect things begin to grow within your mouth and in your body. It's why people have really bad breath sometimes because it's dry mouth. So they have to remedy. Some of us are really dry in our lives. And it's because we haven't been using the resource that God gave us called our mouth to water the seeds in our life and if you will begin to speak and declare God's word in your life and over your life it will create this protective nature in your life to where the things that are negative that are trying to get in all of a sudden they are overrun by the goodness and the truth of who God is and what he says it's already within you to do it you just have to use it God built it into your life. What would it look like if over the next year, we just made a decision every week, we're gonna memorize a new scripture. Every week, we're gonna speak the truth of God's word over our life. We began a habit of daily and repeatedly declaring what God has said using our own words. You know what would happen? We would see super blooms. Things that we thought was dead actually was just dormant. We would see super blooms where things that would never grow in this environment, miracles begin to take place. Why? Because God's word and the, our words are being watered into the seed of what we're believing God for this year. I just challenge you, this week, use your words to remind yourself of God's word. We bow as we close in prayer? Father, thank you today that we had an opportunity to hear you speak to us. But I believe that your words are tailoring uh, to each heart. There are things that have illuminated people have recognized either where they've been too negative or they just haven't been speaking truth or maybe their belief system's off. God, would you help us this week? Help us to speak and declare the right things. Church family, as we're all still praying, if you're here in this moment and just by way of your own response to the Lord, you're willing to take the challenge and this week you're gonna find one scripture to declare and begin to meditate and maybe even memorize that one truth this week. If that's you, you're willing to take that step this week, would you just put a hand up to the Lord saying, Lord, this is my commitment, I'm gonna do this. Lord, you see our hands, may we follow through on this next step and God may as we declare your word this week, something be refreshed in our spirits refreshed in our souls like water that comes down from the sky may it water soften and bring nutrition and refreshment and life to us this week we pray in jesus name god we thank you for it in your name we pray and all god's people said amen friends today if you're here and you're walking through a dry dry season maybe you're Facing a difficulty. soon as we dismiss, our prayer team will be over here to my left, your right. they want to pray with you, encourage you, speak life into you. Um, and so if you have a need at all, make sure you stop by over there. They'd love to, to pray with you. This week, find a scripture. Meditate on it. Memorize it. Mutter it and say it to yourself on repeat this week. And let's water the promises of God with our words declaring his word. Amen.